Hello, can you hear me? All working okay? Wonderful, thank you. I'm still pondering over how an inflatable dartboard works. I suspect it could be a letdown. I love that video, the real King of Kings. I don't, I don't, is that a Church of England thing or? No, probably not, yeah. Really good though, yeah. I mean, I, that, that's kind of the, I know that's intended to be the heart, the message of the service. This is all about the King of Kings, our real sovereign, ultimately. Um, just to say, Tom has massively over-exaggerated my contribution to the big event next week. All I will say is, going back to that video, I do know someone who is awake at nights worrying about dropping the crown. Yeah, that's the butler. Um, let's pray. Father God, thank you that you are our shepherd, that you love each of us, you know each of us by name, that we can trust you. Just in this short time now, may we discover afresh, or even for the first time, what it means for you to be our shepherd. Amen. I found this fantastic photograph, which I've used. Um, the shepherd boy, this is in Gaza City, so a Palestinian shepherd boy with a violin, and apparently, I, I'm getting a bit of echo, hold on a second, do I, is it better if I just keep to the big mic? Are we okay, Ernst? Is that all right? Should I take this off, or? Okay. Um, so, fantastic photograph of a modern-day Palestinian shepherd boy, and much after the pattern of first century shepherds who, unlike Yorkshire shepherds or Welsh shepherds who go behind the sheep, takes the lead and the sheep follow and recognize the voice or first century Jesus time, they would have had their voices singing or a flute. And here's a Gaza city shepherd boy with a violin and the sheep recognizing the sounds and following. So just hold that image for a moment. Just to say something first of all about what, what we're engaging with when Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd. We had that phrase in the reading you may have noticed. Jesus used this figure of speech. You might have also picked up there were lots of other little figures of speech. Jesus is a gatekeeper. Jesus is the gate. Which one is he? This is all a bit confusing. Now, when Jesus told parables, when he used figures of speech, and there's a posh Greek word which I can't remember, but it's used here and used at other points, it's not an allegory, okay? So you know certain stories have picture characters that you slot into place. So some of you at school might have read um, Animal Farm, yeah? So the various pigs and the different pigs represent particular Soviet Russian leaders. Um, some of you may know of Pilgrim's Progress. 
and you know the different towns and cities and the character, characters that are there are pictures for things. Parables in the Gospels and these figures of speech are not like allegories where there's a neat, well that means that, therefore. What they do is they just uncover truths about who Jesus is and they're often multi-layered and they often even kind of mash up against each other. So here we've got lots of images. We've got a shepherd, we've got a sheep, a thief and a bandit, a gate, a gatekeeper, and it's messy. And there's a deliberate sense in the Gospels that Jesus is using these messy pictures, partly to put people off who aren't interested. So some of these Jewish leaders that are referred to in the passage, they're like, well, we don't get it. But they really weren't listening. They didn't want to know. Because what Jesus was doing and representing, his whole life was undermining what was most important to them. But what you get often is the disciples and others who, who were walking along going, I want to know more. I don't quite get this. Jesus, t tell us more about what this means. And what Jesus is doing is, is drawing us in. And I hope in some way that's what we may do even this morning as we hear this word again. I am the good shepherd and the gate. And we're drawn in because ultimately this isn't about matching up something in our heads, a cerebral bit of knowledge. This is about relationship. This is about Jesus Christ coming and saying, if you want to follow me, come along, listen, join in. And very quickly on the context, and then I'll, I'll, I'll be very brief with three points. The context, chapter 9, Jesus has just healed a blind man. And we have that great saying, sense of Jesus being a light in the darkness, the light of the world. And immediately we shift into, and remember that the Bible didn't always have chapter divisions, right? They've, the, the story flows from one to the other. Immediately we go into shepherd mode. Oh, we've got another picture here. But ultimately, what, what's pointed to here is that Jesus is saying something about himself that will resonate, that will echo with the Jewish people. Let's just go on to our next slide. So the light of the world, Israel being the light, God being the light, is a familiar image to the people of Israel. So just before this saying about being a shepherd, we get imagery of Jesus being the light, just like God is to the people of Israel. And then Jesus says, I am a shepherd, just like God is to the people of Israel and the Old Testament. And this is why it's disturbing to the Pharisees, because Jesus is saying, I am to those that follow me, just like God is to the people of Israel. To hear Jesus is to hear God. 
And the little image I've got in the back, I noticed someone with an HMV plastic bag this morning. They don't realize they've got an HMV plastic bag. Rebecca, do you want to just give a little nudge? No? But you can ask afterwards. So HMV that doesn't exist anymore, but does it? Has it really? I can get CDs again. Yeah, I thought it shut down. So HMV is back. Okay, wonderful. Um, well, back in the day when, when gramophones were around, um, well before streaming, that was the image. The dog listening into the gramophone and hearing his master's voice and recognizing it. And this is the realm that we're in with the shepherd because, again, we're mixing metaphors. We're playing with different pictures. But Jesus is saying, I'm in charge. I'm king. I'm the Lord of Israel and the world. Listen to my voice. And if you follow me, if you're alongside me, you'll get used to that voice. Be familiar. And you can trust my voice. To hear Jesus is to hear God. So all those I am sayings, I am the bread of life. Well, Israel to the world and God to the people of Israel and God as he leads the Jews out of slavery, out of captivity in Egypt, manna comes, bread for his people. Jesus says, I'm bread. The vine that is Israel, the, the kind of fruits of blessing, Jesus says, I'm the vine. You want to be blessed? Be joined to me. Israel is the light to all nations. Jesus says, I'm the light. If you want to be a light, get into my light. King David is that great shepherd of the people Israel, a literal shepherd who became a king. Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. You want to be the, the people of Israel for the world? Then get alongside this shepherd. And it's, it's playful language. So it, it's the kind of picture language that modern day, if I went to a school playground on Tuesday and said, right, and I'm not going to say boys this time, having watched Six Nations Decider for women's rugby yesterday. If I went into a playground and said, I need 11 boys and girls to start a team, immediately everyone would think, we're going to have a football match now. Or if I said 15, it'd be a rugby game. Or if it was summer term, it might be cricket. And to some extent, Jesus is, well, when he calls the 12 disciples, he's saying, not because there weren't women followers, there were, but there were 12 men to represent the 12 tribes of Israel. And Jesus was saying, this is new Israel time. I am, to anyone who follows me, just as God is and has been faithful to the people of Israel. I take that place now. Not that that's all finished, that story, but it's renewed. And this human being in front of you is God with us. 
So to hear Jesus is to hear God. And to hear Jesus is to know him. Don't you just love the intimacy, the mutuality of that picture of the sheep and the shepherd that know his voice? Now, I did some study the other day. I don't do this very often these days. But I looked up, there's a particular... um, American scholar who lived in the Middle East for many years and he did lots of stuff around the Gospels and the culture of first century Palestine and looked up some of the sheep and shepherd practices. Now what they would have done, just helpful to get this in the background, when we think of sheep and shepherd, it's, it's not one man and his dog, Yorkshire Dales, I'm old enough to remember watching one man and his dog with the whistles and the flat caps. Um, Every family would have a couple of sheep. That's how you kept warm in winter. You'd have the wool for the winter. And you'd keep them in your house. So they'd be in a lower floor because they kept the place warm during winter. But quite often you'd have a group of families in a village that would share a herd of sheep that wouldn't just be kept in the house. You'd have a bigger herd that would be outside and various of the families like the boy in the previous one perhaps the the young boys would be the shepherds of them and they'd have a little pen about five to six feet high with thorns on the top to protect from wolves wild beasts and thieves and there'd be a gate and sometimes a shepherd would lie down and be the gate for that pen but come the morning the sheep will be hungry and they'll be restless and they'll be skittish and they'd need exercise you know just just like anyone who's got a pet dog come the morning they need to get outside they need to run they need some food and the sheep are like that and they need to hear the voice of the shepherd to calm down to be allowed out to run free and it's a bit like well, I, I sometimes get told off at home for not doing this. When I arrive home, I get told, just say, it's me, Richard's back. So you don't scare whoever's at home, wondering, has a burglar walked in? Now, these days, we've got one of those funny doorbells that tinkles every time you go through the door. I don't know if anyone, anyone's got that. But it's a bit like that with the sheep. So what's going on? I can feel some noise. Is it the shepherd? I know the shepherd brings food. I know the shepherd lets us out to eat on this lush grass and we're desperate for this, to run free. And Jesus says, I'm the shepherd for you. And I love, we could keep pushing the image a little bit, but there is something there about Jesus being the kind of shepherd that doesn't want us cooped up, doesn't want us bound in this pen. Following me is about sticking in one place, putting your name on the dotted line. No, 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 no. It's about life. Trust me. Run free for a bit and then come back and get some food, stay protected, but then run again. This is relationship. So to hear Jesus is to know him.
And the third thing, to know him is to know life in all its fullness. Now, I've got to be careful here because I don't believe, and there's a whole, whole trajectory, stream of teaching there in the New Testament, and it's not long since we had Good Friday, which shows us the reality of what life in all its fullness means. It is not, well, follow me, and it's all going to go okay. Free from illness, job with lots of money, all your relationships go fine. No, 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 no. Fullness, well, some of it is faith for the future. It's resurrection hope. Some of it, we acknowledge that we don't see this quite now, but it's coming because this is the king of kings. And we know there is life after death and his life triumphs. But it is also hope here and now, not a bare life, not just, just getting through. Somehow God's life makes a difference right now, even in the midst of pain and suffering. I was reminded last week, um, one of the readings for communion at lunchtime, um, and it's still Easter season, by the way, so the, the Easter eggs have disappeared, but it's still Easter, okay? It's resurrection time. And one of the readings was that great story from the Old Testament of Daniel and um, the, well, it's not Daniel, but it's in the book of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those names trip off the tongue. But there were three Jews, followers of God, the one God, and they refused to bow down to the king. They refused to worship idols. And the king was forced to say, well, okay, into the fire you go, into the furnace. And the verse that I was reminded of as we read this text of Daniel was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, if we go into the furnace, God can deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow down to anything else. And the good shepherd means that we can live even if lives. Even if stuff right now is tough. We have resurrection hope. Even if some of those prayers aren't answered. A full pressed down abundant life is there for us the resurrection means that whatever political regime whatever situation we're in God in Christ comes to us and lifts us up to hear Jesus is to hear God to hear Jesus is to know him and to know him is to know life in all its fullness and all we need to do is just receive. Say yes. That's the great thing about sheep. All the work's really done by the shepherd. Now, with the strange job I have, I've had various people writing to me saying, 
can you get tickets for the coronation? Now, I'm not going, and I have to let them down nicely. I suspect that, has, has anyone here got an invitation? No? Okay. We don't need an invitation to that. Don't quote me. But we really don't. We've got an invitation to a big party with the King of Kings. All we need to do is say, yeah. This is a shepherd we can trust. I'm gonna close, say a prayer. If, and I don't normally do this, but hey, let's do it. If you've never known what it means to trust the Good Shepherd, this is a good time to do it. To say yes, to get baptized, to join this new family. And that strange reading from Acts of this radical new family, living resurrection life, and yeah, we're an odd bunch. We get loads of stuff wrong. But thank God for the weirdness and the difference and the messiness because I'm weird and different and messy as well. So if you wanna say yes to that in your own heart, if you wanna to speak to me afterwards or Tom or Caroline who stood up earlier or Fiona who's a lay reader, do you wanna wave a hand? Speak to any of us if you wanna give your life to Jesus. And if you did this sort of thing years ago and it's just gone a bit stale and you just want to say, I need that voice again, find someone to pray with. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, King of Kings. You invite us to your party. Thank you we can trust you. Thank you that the life you offer us is abundant. You do call us to run and push some boundaries and work out stuff for ourselves, but you feed us. Help us to not stray far. Help us to recognize your voice more and more. In Jesus Christ's name, amen.